0: What's up everybody out there in internet land? Welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast Episode 6. Why, what is the Remote Gaming Podcast? You may be wondering why it is a podcast made by gamers for gamers and comes to you the listener each and every week from two friends who live on opposite sides of the country to bring you the hottest gaming news and industry insights as well as an in-depth topic to culminate our discussion of that great pastime we all love video games. I'm one of those gamers and one of your hosts, Joseph King. Joining me as always is Abby's From the Last of Us Part 2's personal trainer, Kevin Corkum. <laughs> I wish. She is right? yoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doing, that one there. I'm Dude. good, man. Yeah, how about you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Settling into the new place. Everything's going good. Everything's good here. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> normal COVID-19 stuff got, got laid off this week, so... That's a little interesting, but it's honestly for the better. I wasn't really planning on going back to the restaurant anyways, so it kind of worked out.
0: Kind of gives you, it does suck, but at the same time, it gives you uh, incentive to find something better for yourself. You know what I mean? I've, I've been in situations like that before myself.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And there were, I mean, there were the company, um, laid off like a hundred people between two restaurants or 120, 130, something like that. Jesus Christ. Massive, massive cut. So, Hey, anybody out there listening? Uh, I feel you tough time. Um, we'll get through it. No big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been just trying to survive in the blistering, sweltering, sweltering Texas heat. It was a hundred degrees here yesterday and my AC could just not keep up with how hot it got in the house! So uh, it—it's just I hate summertime. I, I'm a fall winter kind of guy. But.
1: Yeah, I it, the Joseph the heat here. I went out this morning to walk my dog. It's ten. We're recording around ten a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, and uh, it was already ninety five degrees.
0: Yeah, that, and the thing that sucks, you know, yeah, you've got that humidity there that just like takes the breath. It just kind of suffocates you in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then in Texas, it's just so sweltering hot that it's, it's, there's no wind and it's dry and arid and it's just almost like desert type heat. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's like an oven. I always describe my girlfriends from Austin. So when we go there, I spent a whole summer there doing, doing a show and whatever, whatever. And uh, yeah, it, it is like sitting outside in an oven. That's the only thing I can describe it.
0: I've seen a guy crack open an egg and cook it on the blacktop before.
1: (laughs) I love that. They do that on the news every year when it gets really hot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, But guys, thanks for coming to the Remote Gaming Podcast Episode 6. We got a doozy for you today. Um, We're going to do our news and everything like normal, but this is all going to be about The Last of Us Part 2. Me and Kevin have spent the last uh, week and a half playing that game, beating it. Uh, Kevin actually... Beat it a couple days before me, and I finished it, uh, what, three days ago, I think?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to do, uh, after the news, we'll do our spoiler-free review and thoughts on the game for anybody that, if you're listening and you haven't f- quite finished the story yet, and you, but you kind of want to, maybe you want to hear somebody's take on it, we'll, we'll do spoiler-free for a few minutes, and then the rest of the podcast, we'll just go in and talk about the game and give our expanded thoughts, because uh, we both... I think consensus is that we both loved it, but at the same time, I definitely have some criticisms of it. I know Kevin does, um, and the majority whelming population of the internet seems to not really like this game. From almost most of the Twitter comments and everything that I've read and things on Facebook, uh, you know, it's reviewed very well, but uh, it's it's definitely split.
1: Yeah, it is it is split and and we'll go over kind of some of the common criticisms of it and and why I, I or we uh, agree or disagree. Um we'll we'll talk it's kind of hard it sucks now that you can't review the game without talking about the negative reviews. Right. Um but that's just kind of the climate we're in at the moment, especially with this game it was so divisive. Um so yeah, yeah we'll get into all of that, but uh, I think I'm going to start getting into the news with um, this article from Polygon about Ubisoft's new Battle Royale shooter, Hyperscape, Leaks Online. This is by Charlie Hall from Polygon. He says, Ubisoft appears ready to announce a first-person shooter according to tweets sent by reporter Rod Slasher. He's, we'll be talking about him a lot today, Rod Slasher. Um, Breslau, Breslu, something like that, and others, called HyperScape. The new title is said to be a fast-paced FPS battle royale. A formal announcement could come Thursday with a closed beta the week of July 6th and a full release as soon as July 12th. World of HyperScape came on Monday in advance of any announcement by the developer and publisher. The The leak was accompanied by several screenshots, which purport to show the near final game in motion um hyperscape is a free-to-play battle royale fps set in a futuristic world for both pc and consoles with the console launch coming later this year uh with the console launch coming later this year including crossplay. so it looks, sounds like it's coming out to pc first
0: yeah, most, most of those battle royales do. They try to build up and see if they can get an audience on it. But that's kind of odd that, you know, this is an Ubisoft, this is a AAA developer <clears throat> um, coming out with a battle royale. And I mean, I've seen what looked like a screenshot still. I think I'm going to like the art style of this. It's it's kind of realistic, but kind of uh, that Valorant Overwatch vibe to it a little bit. Um, I don't know, man, how do you feel about this? You ready for another battle royale?
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's from Ubisoft, I'll I'll definitely give it a try. kind of sucks it's coming to PC first. There's a bunch of the article goes on and it gets a little long in the wind. So or long in the two. So I I don't really want to read all of it, but it talks about having good Twitch uh, functionality where uh, during the Twitch chat, you know, they can interact with the game and different things like that, which is something that we've seen with Borderlands 3 and different things like that or different games like that. So we'll see how it goes. I think I mean, hey, if the gunplay is good, the movement feels good and the map is good, uh, you got yourself a good recipe for a BR.
0: Yeah, why not? You know, I I hear a lot of people complaining that Battle Royales have have overworn their welcome. And I think we have to look at it from the standpoint that this is just now a new genre that exists um in in whether it's first person third person battle royales are kind of their own action adventure genre in my opinion um they you know obviously we've talked about them um when that was last week's podcast right when we did we did first uh,
1: person shooters
0: yeah we took a week off because we wanted to finish the last uh last of us but uh um yeah, when we talked about competitive shooters and things like that, Battle Royales are pretty much here to stay. Me and Kevin, you know, we played Apex Legends last night and we really enjoyed it because we haven't played that game in forever. Um, but yeah, I, I I think more Battle Royale is not necessarily a bad thing. If, if it's developed good, if it doesn't have crazy microtransactions that's just trying to be a cash grab like some of them are... Um, and honestly, this probably will have some of that aspect to it because, you know, it's all about your dollar, especially if you're making a free to play game. Uh, you have to have incentives to keep in uh, your development costs and keep providing content for that game. Um, but Ubisoft, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see. The shooting in uh, Siege is fantastic. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, it'll be really
1: interesting to see. I don't know if people want another BR, but you kind of have to now, you have to. Uh, you know, impose your will um, on the market and hopefully they do that and it's good and
0: people want to play it. Yeah. And that's, that's the, you know, the the twofold sided coin of this is that if you're going to make a BR, you better make it where people are going to like it because look at like battlefield fives. I don't think anybody even plays firestorm. And um, so that's the thing is like, just because it's AAA doesn't mean people are going to play it because EA and dice, you know, they create you know, these massive games and nobody plays battlefield fives BR. So
1: yeah, it, it'll be definitely interesting. I remember the day all the streamers were playing it uh, when it came out and they were like, this fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. All right. So our second news topic, this comes to you via Tom Warren at the verge.com. Microsoft is shutting down mixer and partnering with Facebook gaming. Now, this news broke um last week, I believe. Yes. Um this was this article was published on June twenty second, so yeah, about a week ago. Um this kind of came before uh everything was kind of broken to all the streamers. It says, Microsoft is closing the Mixer service on July 22nd, and plans to move existing partners over to Facebook Gaming. The surprise announcement means Mixer partners and streamers will be transitioned to Facebook Gaming starting today, and Microsoft will no longer operate Mixer as a service in a month's time. So, and Microsoft has struggled to reach a scale needed for Mixer to compete with Twitch. We talked about that on a podcast a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. where I think they were like... They had not grown in over a year, and I think they were like at 37 million. Um, quote, we started pretty far behind in terms of where Mixer's monthly active viewers were compared to some of the big players out there, says Phil Spencer. I think the Mixer community is really going to benefit from the broad audience that Facebook has through their properties and the abilities to reach gamers in a very seamless way through social platform Facebook has, in quote. Microsoft is partnering with Facebook to transition existing Mixer viewers and streamers over to Facebook Gaming in the coming weeks. On July 22nd, all Mixer sites, apps, and automatically will automatically redirect you to Facebook Gaming. Existing Mixer partners will be granted partner status with Facebook Gaming. And any streamers using Mixer monetization programs will be granted eligibility for Facebook's level Up program. So, I'm not going to finish the rest of the article. That's basically the gist of it. Mixer has... Uh, They have been defeated, which was probably going to happen at some point. And it's a shame because we had talked about it. I don't know if you listening have ever used Mixer before. I use it to watch Shroud because that's where he went. The UI is a lot cleaner and a lot more user-friendly, and I feel like it runs better than Twitch. I agree. They can So streamers, they give streamers a couple things that
1: Twitch doesn't. First of all, I want to say to all the Mixer streamers, Um, that lost their jobs, basically, uh, and their income and their livelihood out of nowhere. Uh, Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. That really fucking blows. Um, But, you know, come over to Twitch. Uh, I've seen a lot of Mixer streamers over on Twitch. I've been sending them some love, um, and they seem to be doing just fine. Their audiences moved over seamlessly to Twitch because I think a lot of Mixer audience was also a Twitch audience, and I think that's part of the reason they couldn't uh, necessarily break away. But uh, yeah. for that reason, hey, thoughts go out to you guys. You'll be all right. Keep, uh, keep your head down. Keep grinding. But the other interesting thing about this is that Shroud and Ninja are now free agents. Facebook Gaming offered them double, apparently. This is This is a little bit of speculation, so I'm not sure if they offered them double. But the rumor is that Facebook Gaming offered them double to stream on Facebook, and they both said, no, thank you. So they are free agents to sign wherever they want. They can go back to Twitch. They can go to YouTube um, or something else. I'm assuming those are really the two options. Uh, if I have to make a prediction here, Ninja goes to YouTube and Shroud returns back home to Twitch.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, real quick, my kind of thoughts on the whole mixer thing kind of go going down are right there with you. Uh, people were laid off and this that's, you know, Shroud Ninja are going to be just fine. But there's a lot of streamers that left Twitch to try and start their twi- their streaming career um, that have, you know, there's people that have, have been getting a cult like a little following on Mixer and enough to pay their bills and things like that. And now that's suddenly just taken away from them and to, to start over on Twitch. That is going to be extremely difficult for them to do. Uh, but hopefully they they make it out okay, and um, I'm I'm all for streaming. I think it's a good idea. Um, but with the whole Shroud and Ninja aspect of it, you know that mixer lasted as long as it did because it got them. I think this would have happened a lot sooner if they would have never made those deals, or Shroud and Ninja wouldn't have taken those deals to join that platform. Um, obviously, you know Shroud went from having like 42,000 viewers. A stream down to, I think, 6K is what he topped out at at one point, or, or is what he basically uh, bottomed out at at one point, where his lowest numbers, I think his highest numbers were like 20,000 when he first went, and then people just decided they didn't want to use Mixer. They didn't want to download another app and things like that. And so I think he was averaging like 6K of uh, a, a stream. But it's going to be interesting because, you know, uh, we're going to get into another streamer here in a minute. Um, you know, is shroud going to retake his crown as Twitch's top streamer? Um, Cause Ninja had kind of fallen off there towards the end um, with Fortnite and everything like yep. that. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Ninja goes to YouTube and shroud goes to Twitch.
1: I think both of those moves are going to be smart for them. I don't think Ninja after, I mean, if you guys remember how Twitch handled uh, ninjas departure, they shut his account down and then they allowed porn to stream on it for like an hour. Um, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Twitch did not handle it. Well, Ninja was pissed. Oh yeah. For about an hour, there was porn up on his
0: page. He was just hacked or they, yeah, yeah.
1: And Twitch didn't do anything about it for like an hour. Um, so that's
0: very interesting that that happened. And our next news story, (laughs) uh, the doctor, Dr. Disrespect has been permanently banned from Twitch. And to this day, at, at recording at 925 in the morning on June 30th, nobody still knows why.
1: It happened, the news broke on Friday. And what happened was, is that everyone noticed Dr. Disrespect's Twitch page was suddenly pulled down and all of his subs were uh, were Refund. paid back, basically, were refunded their money. Um, this is huge. Now, Twitch has been known to do this before. Um, They don't actually have to give people um, reason as to why they're banned. So this also comes, it's very, very strange because they had to release a statement saying why they banned the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, on on Twitch, but they didn't say anything about Dr. Disrespect. Which I didn't even know Trump had a Twitch channel. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did. I, yeah, uh, it's crazy. He was obviously was, instantly partnered. He, like he probably plays Animal Crossing, right? I bet. <laughs> I don't know what game would Donald Trump play. Something where he feels he's the best. This no better than me at this game.
0: Oh well, it would be something horrible, like just just trash. Yeah, it would be a trash game for sure. I, I don't <laughs> even know what he would fucking play. That that um, pinball game that used to come with old Microsoft computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Minesweeper.
1: Yeah, I'm the best Minesweeper. Uh, anyways, Just click and I click and I click and I click <laughs> and I keep getting more orange. It's great. I it's never, gray. I never hit the bombs. Never, <laughs> never. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, I got to work on my impression. But um, yeah, so this is this is huge. He, Dr. Disrespect, on Saturday, basically re- released a statement saying, "Hey, I have no idea why." I was banned. So I'm sure lawyers are talking and this and that. I don't know. I I don't know if it's bullshit or not. I mean, Twitch is shady and, and I, 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 as much as I really enjoy the platform, I love Twitch. They do some stuff that I just can't wrap my head around a lot of the time. And this is one of those things. I I mean, I'm assuming whatever doc did is bad. I hope it's not. Um, I really enjoy his content. I think he's a great streamer and I think he's the most entertaining person on Twitch Um, by almost a mile um so i i'm i'm heartbroken about this if if it if it's true if if he didn't do anything that's you know terrible or or whatever hopefully he goes over to youtube i'm sure he will he's got a good good base there already um and he can start streaming over there but sad day i mean he was twitch's darling
0: yeah it's it's very well he he has been known to toe the line um you know the recording from the bathroom that he did oh, yeah. <laughs> you know they banned him for that. Um, did he get banned when the news? He there he that wasn't a violation of terms of service when he committed adultery, was it? No, nope. I mean, no, nope. 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 Yeah, he was fine with that. That was just a, kind of a personal thing that honestly was nobody else's business. But you know he chose to address it on the platform, and that kind of made it everybody's business. But uh, my thoughts on Doctor Doctor disrespect. Yeah, he's entertaining. Uh, he. I love the character that he does, and he's a good—he's a good gamer, you know. He's—he's he's not one of the best, but he's—he's he's very good at uh, any pretty much any competitive shooter that he plays, and he's entertaining to watch. So for his fans and things like that that follow him and watch him on a daily basis, you know that sucks. You're losing that form of entertainment for you. Um, all I'm going to say—we're not going to speculate on what Doctor Disrespect did to deserve this, but. I don't I one thing I will touch on that I've seen is that this is some sort of PR stunt and I kind of thought that at first but the only thing that it makes me think no this is no PR stunt this is real he's in trouble for something and we're two, we're two reasons you, you watch his last stream which is very very weird mm-hmm. um, and he's like kind of it's almost like he's finding out what's happening in real time and it's he's reacting to it on air and then he just leaves He says, fuck, and then just leaves and it just cuts away. And my thing is, is one of the things is, you know, like they said, it's a PR stunt. And my deal is, well, I could kind of see that given his character, but Twitch refunded all of his subs. And I don't think if he was moving to another platform or this was some sort of PR stunt that Twitch would have done that. Um, If their biggest cash, one of their biggest cash cows just up and leaves, for another service they wouldn't have refunded him um if this is something inside of twitch's organization itself they wouldn't have refunded those subscribers so it's very i think this is serious i think something possibly legal may be mm-hmm. happening with him i'm not going to speculate on what um but something happened enough to where it broke terms of service and because nobody's people have went back and combed through his last few streams and can't find any evidence so right I don't know uh, I just I'm now it's kind of like we're all sitting here waiting I was watching Tim the Tatman stream the other day and he was just like it's just like I don't want to say anything on it but it's like we're the the whole Twitch world has stopped and it's mm-hmm. like it's funny that they're making it out just the way he was reacting was like it's like goddamn nine eleven or something <laughs> but it's like yeah, okay calm down but I, I, I do think a lot of them point. I think a lot of them get nervous for their
1: livelihood too exactly. that it could just be stripped away I think it's yeah, I think like, it's really scary for a lot of streamers.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, they're making ungod awful or amounts of money, but at the same time, you are right. That is their livelihood. I am never going to knock somebody's hustle. Like I said, I don't understand people that are gifting five hundred dollars to a streamer uh, for a video game at, on, like, because I've seen that happen. I think Summit got five hundred at one point. Mm-hmm. I've seen people get two hundred dollars at one point. I am um, never going to knock your hustle, but at the same time, it's it's like, man, this yeah, it, it's their livelihood, you know. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll see what happens to Doctor Disrespect. RIP to the Champions Club. Ugh. So, um, you got any more on that one, Kevin? I don't. Nope. Uh, well, we're gonna end the news here, and we're gonna start with our general thoughts on The Last of Us. Like I said, the rest of the podcast is gonna be all about The Last of Us Part Two. We won't. We will tell you when we're gonna do spoilers. We don't. So don't worry if you're turning and trying to turn off right now and you haven't finished the game. We're going to say, okay, spoilers are incoming. Um, get ready for that in five, four, three, two, one, 3, 1 or whatever, right? So yep. we'll, we'll tell you where, when we're going to do spoilers. But for the first part, we're going to do our general thoughts and reviews. So Kevin, why don't you go ahead and give me a general summarized thoughts on your review of The Last of Us Part 2. All right, so
1: where where to begin if i'm giving a general overall it's really hard to talk about this game without talking about spoilers because story is so um uniquely woven into gameplay and really just the entire course of the game Uh, i will i will say this i think the gameplay is a massive step up from the first game i think mechanically it's more interesting i think enemies are more interesting for sure I think uh, the way Naughty Dog has designed these kind of playgrounds that you get to interact with enemies in is phenomenal. Um, they are very, very uniquely crafted areas that a lot of games don't necessarily nail, and I think Naughty Dog does. I really enjoy the weapon upgrade system and your like the supplement upgrade system, which is your character's perks, basically. Um, both are great. They're not too in depth, but they're also not too shallow. They feel just right, I think uh, and uh, I commend naughty dog for that as well. If we're talking about sound design, I played about I played the game 5050 um, through uh, through speakers and then through my 3d headphones from Sony. So the games are kind of designed for this. PS4 version of 3D audio, and I can tell you it's phenomenal. Um, Every sound, every whistle, every um, clicker you can hear, and you can hear if they're above, below, on your side you know, it doesn't matter. You can hear where they are, you can locate them distinctly. That was everything, and uh, the music, everything, the way the game was balanced, sound. Was phenomenal. Um, Now, when you look at you know the acting and the way motion capture was used, it's easily the best mocap I've ever seen. There are scenes where characters kiss. There are scenes where characters take like their shirt off, like at the end of a day or something like that. And there's no cuts. There's you, you know normally you don't see clothing on people reacting well. You don't see ropes interacting with your character well. Well. Naughty Dog, of course, takes that intense attention to detail to make these things feel extremely real and extremely grounded. So that was really nice as well. I will say um, I had a little bit of issue with the pacing. I thought the game was a little strangely paced, uh, and that's mainly due to one story thing, which we'll get into later. Um, uh, I think the game is a little bit too long i know that's a really weird criticism but there was a point that i was really exploring and taking my time in this world and there came a point uh, where i was about seven hours out five hours out from the end and i just started kind of mainlining the story because it was long like very very long Uh, especially if you play where you're just like the first game you kind of have to collect supplies and materials and if you do that, um, you just, it, it takes, I don't even know how much longer it took to get through some of these sections because I tried to find every nook and cranny. Um, so there, the pacing, I think, is a, is a little eh. But overall, I think this game is an absolute must-play, must-buy, hands down, bar none. Um, it's phenomenal. And this is the reason I play video games, is to play games like this. Um, Naughty Dog does not hold your hand. They don't give a fuck about your feelings. They're here to tell a story. And that's, I think, extremely bold and should be applauded.
0: I 100% agree with everything you said. Um, So my general take on it is and I won't expand too much because you pretty much hit all the bullet points that I have as far as without giving any spoilers to a review. Um, this game is, it's almost like a think piece. It's, as far as the story goes, it's very gray. There is no black and white in the story whatsoever. Um, and I think that's part of the criti- reason it's getting a lot of criticisms. And once we get into spoilers, we'll talk about those criticisms and address them on our own. Because uh, I actually don't agree with most of the criticisms people have from this game. That being said, I also don't agree that this, you know, I always say, you know, don't give video game reviews a numbered score. Just, just talk about your thoughts on it. Um, and then people can infer their own judgment. I think when somebody sees a score, it automatically can turn them on or off in a bad way i don't think this game is a 10 out of 10 either i don't think it's a it's is is it a masterpiece i'm gonna say yes but at the same time it's a flawed masterpiece and i think that kind of fits with what this game stands for and the the themes behind it and the story is uh, it's it's not perfect but it doesn't need to be um there are some things that need to be fixed. And like you said, it is hard to talk about this without doing spoilers. Uh, The gameplay perspective is miles above the gameplay from the last of us. The first one, Um, one of my biggest critiques or one of the things I said right after, you know, playing two hours, I texted Kevin and I said, well, at least naughty dog actually made a video game this time, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the first one was a great game. I love it. You know, I mean, I, I, but the gameplay was subpar. The shooting, the combat, the things were just subpar. Like the online part was fun uh, because of the way the gameplay was. But just playing the game, I was more invested in the story in the first one. In this one, I, I, I prefer the gameplay a lot more. Uh, they added a lot more attention to detail. Um, somebody posted uh, online how, uh, how there's a scene where it's a still frame of Abby holding a pistol and it, it said uh, the way her thumbs are the trigger discipline. It's like they knew what they were doing. Like she's holding a pistol with the exact same grip that you, it's a professional pistol grip that she is using when she's holding this firearm. And it's just like, like you said, Naughty Dog's attention to detail is insane. Um, Sound design just across the board, every moment made me feel tense. This isn't technically survival horror, but because of playing this with headphones on and being in some of those moments, you really did feel like, is this... Obviously, you know you're playing as Ellie, and and you you know that you're not going to die in the first five minutes because you're facing these clickers, but it does give you that intense feeling of like, how am I going to get through this area? Um, Every aspect of combat it's set up in some sort of set piece and there's a resolution there to where you continue forward. It really does feel like you're fighting tooth and nail to survive in this world. Um, graphics are some of the best on PS4. I don't think they're, I, it's weird. There are moments where I'm like, man, no game on PS4 looks this good. And then there are moments where I'm like the character, I don't know if it was something the way the characters moved that threw me off with the graphics sometimes, but the, but yeah, the the, wa- the way the reflection of water works in this game, just that that lush green vegetated areas with the clouds and the rain and the dew mixed in, it's just it's just beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I think do that- have some pacing issues. I do have some story issues, and we'll talk about those when we get into them. Um, but yeah, it's. I think they delivered on a fantastic sequel. I, I think Naughty Dog, um, I, I still am, I still don't know if I like this game more than this first or not. I'm still kind of debating. I still think I'm leaning towards the first game just because, I've, because of some of the pacing issues and story issues that we'll get into. I just love those characters more in the first game than I cared about some of the characters in this game.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I wanted to touch a little bit about the the graphics overall, um the the visuals and everything. I think you have to mention the lighting. Uh in this game, I think the lighting is just god, it's fucking phenomenal. I mean, there are times where you walk into an environment and it's it's dimly lit or it's lit with certain colors and it the the feel that you get from those areas is unbelievable. Like shit I have never seen in a video game before. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about one area specifically that I really, 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 really love, um, uh, in the spoiler, uh, part. Uh, but Joseph remind me about this. Cause if I forget, I'll be upset. Um, actually okay. let me write it down, but, uh, you know, it, the lighting is just, it, it's, it's top notch. No one does shit like naughty dog does. Like no one handles their games with this much care. And I know, I, I mean, not no one. Okay. There are studios out there that do, right. But When you play this game, you just get this overwhelming sense of the developers caring about this game, this story, the way it's presented, and every moment is tended to.
0: Yeah, for sure one complaint as far as naughty dog games go that i do have for it i do feel like in in the last of us the first one too was kind of similar i i guess if from what i'm about to say the first one and this one are both similar in i guess we're so used to uncharted games that have these big set pieces there was a lack of them there were quite a few but i just felt like am, am i wrong on that did you feel like there was a lack of set pieces in this game I think
1: they're uh I think they do set pieces differently in the Last of Us. Uh, I think um, there's a couple story things that I can't necessarily talk about that I would consider a set piece in the last of Us world um, they their set pieces are more monumental story,
0: yeah, and I mean moments. it makes sense because your set pieces in uncharted games are are usually set up by Nathan. Uh, climbing something and it falling apart, right? This right. there isn't much traversal as far as that goes. There is one. There is one scene that is kind of reminiscent of a, <laughs> a, a large building collapse and falling through things. But uh, um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, I think their set pieces are more story driven than uh, than Uncharted games. Um, and that was one of the you know Neil Druckmann directed Uncharted four, and that was one of the complaints from Uncharted four is it didn't have enough set pieces in it. So maybe Neil just doesn't like to do them. I don't know. Yeah, which that's fine. You know, uh, you're, you're making your game, bro. Make what you want. Um, as far as story goes, without touching spoilers, um, I don't think it's convoluted. I don't think it's a mess like a lot of people are claiming it to be. Um, and we'll obviously we'll get into it. But I, I feel like it was very well written, for sure. Um, the character that... The character's that are expanded on from the first game. Um, Tommy in particular, I loved his character in this game. Yeah, me too. Uh, Um, which he had a very minor role in the first game and he has a very larger role in this game. I did like Tommy. Um, Dina is great. Um, trying to getting to these characters without getting into spoilers. Right. Um, I liked Ellie's character progression. um, and I'll touch more on this in at spoiler portion, but she almost appeared to me like a drug addict seeking revenge. Yes. Uh, revenge was her drug and she wasn't going to stop until she got it. And um, the character progression of her and the weight, the things that she goes through is just phenomenal. Um, it, it's so hard trying to toe t- t- around this. I think, do you have anything else spoiler free wise that you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk just
1: one second about traversal I would say one of my critiques on the game is that it felt sometimes like I was climbing too much uh, in like a post-apocalyptic world it just felt a little weird to me it was a little immersion breaking that was really the only mechanic uh, from the gameplay that I did not like, like that I climbing Like climbing up things yeah I didn't i didn't like I didn't like uh, you know, jumping like you from one thing to another, or oh, uh, you know, like having to run and jump, like I'm in Uncharted. I'm like, I'm I'm playing The Last of Us here. Like I'm not, I'm not playing Uncharted. And I get they were trying yeah. to break things up. I just I hated
0: it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, as far as, uh, I will say real quick to you, touched on it. Um, the damn resource finding was just abundant in this game, as opposed yeah. to the last one um or as the first one excuse me um it, it just felt like i was it did break the pacing up like i'm trying to be on this quest for revenge and trying to hunt these people down and i'm stuck trying to go through every nook and cranny and it just it just felt like and i, I felt like i needed to because i needed to make sure that i had enough ammo i had enough weapons to take on whatever light ahead um as far as combat goes the combat is much better However, this game is not hard by any means. Uh, even like some of the bigger surprise enemies that show up. Uh, there's a boss f- battle in the basement of a hospital. It's not hard at all. Um, I didn't feel like it was. I, did you, Kevin? Did you feel like this game was hard at all? I've heard that even on hard difficulties that it's not. It's kind of forgiving.
1: Uh, when I first started playing the game, I thought it was harder. I died in the... like. Um... Uh, You know, uh, uh, spoiler, Uh, there's a section where I died like two or three times, and I thought to myself, I'm like, this is strangely um, more difficult, and then the game got easier.
0: Yeah, I think it was just kind of getting used to the character movement of everything, the way that uh oops sorry <laughs> my, my screen went black for a minute <laughs> yeah, i didn't mean to make a joke there my screen went back black for a minute uh, like to go into rest mode and i was trying to shake it and wake it up and i hit this little <laughs> drum thing on SynCaster. so i'm not gonna cut that i think that's funny yeah um it. but yeah uh let's just go ahead and just drive dive right in so if you've okay. listened and you have not finished this game turn it off right now to this podcast and then come beat the game and come back and finish when you're done uh we're gonna go ahead and get in the spoilers now in five four three this is your last chance get out if you don't want to hear any spoilers of the last of us part two two one holy shit kevin they killed joel within the first hour
1: yeah they did they they killed him and they killed him early which was awesome Um, yeah, so many people are really upset about it for no fucking reason because they get the issues, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I just had to say it. Um, but you know, uh, uh, look, they had to do this and they had to do it in the way that they did it. Right. And, and, and here's why, because if he wasn't murdered in a terrible, disrespectful way, Ellie would not have motivation for the rest of the story, right? He had to... Now, now the I want to talk about this scene as well. And I think this is a really good place to start. Um, so Joel and Tommy meet up with Abby, who ends up killing them. Um, and she brings them back to kind of where her people are. They're out hunting for Joel and Tommy, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the big criticisms that I see with people being like, well, Joel never would have trusted these people. He never would have gone back with them. He would have done something else. And the answer He's to been that. been living peacefully on a farm for four years. Exactly. Is that, yes, the Joel that you know from the last game where he was in survival mode all the time would absolutely not have gone with them. But Joel has now been living in the safety of this town called Jackson. He's soft. He's different. He's changed. And people can't wrap their fucking heads around that. And it drives me crazy because you can't, if you can't change a character, you can't tell a fucking story. Like if you can't, if you can't have one character change a little bit, Soften them up, not even change them, just soften them up a little bit without fans getting angry. I mean, come on,
0: people. I wonder if most of these people that are having these complaints have children. Um, I know that you don't, but you'll kind of get where I'm going with this. Uh, having children changes you. And, you know, Joel had to survive for 20 years without having his daughter anymore because she passed away. Um When you have something like... And then he gets reintroduced to that through Ellie. And that basically becomes his daughter again. And then they live safely for four years. And you see through the flashbacks that happen in this game. Of the compassion that Joel just has for this girl. That... You you have to understand that that's going to change the way you think about things. He sees Abby in the snowstorm blizzard being chased by all these runners. And she's not threatening in any way. She was in trouble. Tommy walked in, or Joel, I think it was Joel that came in and blew that uh, zombie or runner's head off and lifted her up. I, I totally see Joel doing that.
1: I totally, I a
0: young girl that... Is Yoked. around the same age of his daughter, and in need of help. In that moment, he probably just saw Ellie. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, for people to say that it was out of character is completely absurd. I think it was completely in character. And you can see in that scene when he dies, oh, I fucked up. Like, let's just get this over with. Yep. Like, he knows he let his guard down. Yep. And it's just. I, I don't understand the criticism of that. Like the people are saying that he had a his death was not meaningful. Okay, well guess what? When you die one day, it's not going to be meaningful. Yeah, probably. He wasn't going to jump in front of a bullet to save Ellie's life to die. He wasn't going to get bit by a clicker or something and die like that. He wasn't going to do it saving a lot of people. He has been. You have to remember, Joel was not a good person. For many years, um, that's you know. Tommy ran off because he had beliefs and wanted to join the Fireflies and help save things. And and Joel became a smuggler because he was like, well, f- fuck this. I don't care about anything. I've lost everything that I have. I don't care. And Joel did bad things to m- bad people and bad things to good people, probably to get yeah. to an ends to a amend from the the uh, the character building of the first game. So you know. In a world like that, he totally got the death that was probably gonna happen to anybody that acted that way. You and then when you find out later in the story, and we'll talk about it, I mean, when you find out that Abby is the daughter of the doctor that Joel killed, he totally got what he deserved. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I, so think, I, I... Yeah, and I, I think that's a really interesting Um, way of of, of looking at it and I know a lot of people love these characters so much that they just can't see the other side Um, and I I think that's that's a little silly Um, especially given how good I think the story ends up being Mm -hmm. and you know you don't learn that piece of information about Abby and her dad until way later in the game you're not really sure why Abby hunts Joel down um, but it seems that Joel knows in some way. I, I, I don't know. There, there's that time where she goes, you know, do you know who I am? Whatever. And, and Joel kind of just looks at her. Um, and I, I can't tell in that if he knows or if he doesn't know, or if he's just like, you could be anybody, you could be I, I anyone's think,
0: daughter. I think that like, I think the thing that Joel is realizing in that moment is like, I have no idea who you are, but I know that I've done a lot of things that probably deserve this from somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Like he knows that he deserves what's coming to him. And uh, yeah, it sucks. You grow attached to that character at the same time. But like what I love what Naughty Dog did with this game. Um, I said it to you after we talked on the phone after I beat it. Um, This isn't your story. You're as a gamer, you're playing this story out. This is this game is more like a book than any video game I've ever played. Um, This is not your story. Hell, it's not even naughty dogs. This is Ellie's story that they created, and you have to accept it as that. Yes, I didn't like it. I didn't want to play as Abby as half the game. But once I that that final scene when she or not the final scene, but when she discovers what Ellie did in the aquarium, you do understand that character. It comes full circle, and you you understand what. Uh, Abby's motivations for it after playing through her flashbacks. And I know people are like, well, I don't care about that. I don't want to know about the wor- this world and people that are in. Well, guess what? I mean, we're about to get an HBO series, so you better get to like the world that they're building here. Um, that's just a part of it. And basically what Naughty Dog was trying to do is like, it doesn't matter how attached you are to these characters. There are other people living in this world that are not bad people, but sometimes have to do things for their benefit, because I don't blame Abby at all for what she did. No, neither. The same reason I don't blame Ellie for wanting to kill Abby right. for what she did. You know, I, I don't. I don't blame either one of them. And that's 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 the, that's what they were trying to do with this is mark the parallels between them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think as we kind of move through the story here, um, something that gets kind of revealed to you somewhat early on is that Ellie and Joel end up having an argument about um, the end of the last game where Joel, uh, or the first game where Joel um, lies to Ellie about what happened at the Firefly facility. And Ellie feels that she doesn't have a purpose anymore because she, she kind of feels that she was supposed to die to help save mankind and get a cure, right? So that's another thing that kind of fuels her anger and her rage, right? She's, she's thinking about, well, I was, I was probably supposed to die years ago. And, um, you know, Joel saved me. I love Joel. And now I'm going to do everything I can to make these people pay. Um, because what, what is my life right now? Like, what am I living for? Right. I'm, I'm lucky to be here right now. And I think that is a really interesting perspective as well of, of figuring out why Ellie, um, goes on this journey. Cause I heard, I heard this ugh, stupid games journalist talking about it. And she's like, well, you know, I don't understand why, um, Ellie, like that wouldn't be enough for me to go and, and want revenge and do this and do that. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you have to think about the world they're living in. Eye for an eye is, is basically the law. Right. And you yeah. also have to put into perspective more than just her dad died. Like it, it's more than that. And, and, and it always was more than that. And, and if you can't see that, why, why are you talking about video games? Like uh, it, it drives me crazy. The amount of, of, uh, I don't, I mean, the taste I see people, out there are lacking perspective and context. Exactly.
0: I think people as video game players, they, they get too wrapped up in, well, this game was made for me. You know what I mean? I waited seven years for this. This is my game. No, motherfucker, it's not. We've all waited for it. And yeah, I wasn't that thrilled about the ending too until I started to have perspective on it. And I wasn't thrilled about playing Abby so long until I started to have perspective on it. And that's, the game accomplished what it set out to do. It knew I wasn't going to like this. Right. Neil Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog, they knew that some people were not going to like this, um, but they did it anyway. And I, I, you know, but once you take that perspective into account, The game succeeded in doing what it set out to do. It made me care about Abby. And and if you are open-minded to, yeah, not everything's black and white and not all stories end with, you know, happy endings, um, then this game is perfectly fine. And the fact that it's getting so much fucking hate is just beyond me. It is not that bad. People need to shut the fuck up and understand that this is a story that is being told to you as... As a, I've read books that have just pissed me off by the end of it. But it was an amazing book. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like this, this is made to invoke emotion. It wants to pull that from you. And, and that's the cool thing about it, is not, not games don't do that. I'm the hero, I'm the badass, I'm gonna go kill all these people and win and save the day. You know what? This is just telling a story of this world that exists, and you play through it. You're on the, it's basically like a a fucked up roller coaster that you really weren't wanting to get on, but your friends put you on it anyway. And you had to go through the whole thing. And by the end, it wasn't that much fun during the journey, but you're glad it was over and it, it did what it was supposed to do. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. I completely agree. And, and, you know, so let's talk about uh, the story a little bit more broadly. Let's talk about Ellie and Abby and how they're on um, parallel journeys. Basically. They're just, they're on the same path. They're just at, they meet at different points through each of their stories, their trajectories, right? You know, Ellie's point at the end of the game is where Abby is middle of the game. Um, And she, there's a real, so you play as Ellie and you get to this point where basically your story and Abby's story intersect. Um, And I think that. Ellie basically goes on this revenge plot, right? And she kills a bunch of people. Um, she kills people that are close to Abby, people called the Wolves. Um, and the WLF, the Washington Liberation Front, right? Or the Wolves. She goes through and she she kills um, some more minor characters and then two more major minor characters, I would say, in um, Owen and Mel. Now, Mel is the worst written character of all time. she's terrible. I hate Mel. I hate her stupid face. I think um, she
0: was just poorly acted. I don't know who acted as her, but they were I, think yeah. it was, I just felt like it was not good.
1: Yeah, and it was also part of the character design. She had really buggy eyes and she just was like I she served no purpose other than to be pregnant and Ellie ends up killing her, which adds, you know, weight to the story and and it's kind of when when Ellie realizes that she's done. She's gone a little bit too far and they head back to where um, kind of their home base is, which is this amazing, awesome fucking theater, um, which is my favorite set piece in the game. Yes, I'm a theater kid, so like that that adds to it. Um, but it's it's epic. It, it it the symbolism is is amazing. Um, but uh, you know, so her story basically, Abby hunts Ellie down, and then from that point on, it leaves on a massive cliffhanger, and you play as Abby for eight hours until you get to that point. point, eight, nine hours, honestly, um, until yeah, you, you get to that point,
0: you play it for Abby as a while. Um, yeah. it's, uh, that moment when it switches and you're just on this journey, I think, what was it? When did I text you that, uh, I'm playing as Abby. And I think it was during the flashback at the aquarium when they first f- are showing it off and everything. Right. Um, That's when I realized, okay, this is probably going to be on for a long time, and I hated it. I was so mad, because I remember playing through Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, and when I had to go play as Raiden, and I was like, where's fucking Snake? I want to play as Snake, and (laughs) in this game it's like well you don't even get to play as ellie anymore you know what i mean and it it sucked but i totally respect what they were trying to do and i, I ended up enjoying it i loved abby as a character laura bailey did a fantastic job yeah uh the
1: acting is, is is throughout troy baker ashley johnson everybody they were everybody was phenomenal their performances stellar like really 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 stellar um really great scene work really great moments crafted moments really, really well crafted by these actors. Um, just they took the script that was given to them and they just grounded it and, and it it worked. And I think um, these, these actors care about these characters so much and they care about the integrity of these characters. Um, and that shows in the amount of dedication that they are putting into the scene and the scene work. You can always tell when an actor's half-assing it. um, And then you can also tell when an actor spends a lot of time and um, everyone has really great chemistry with each other. I think Uh, that is, is, is one of the highlights of the game. This is the best acted game I have ever played.
0: Hands down, hands down. And like, I wanted to touch base real quick on, Abby's story itself like it's it's a redemption story for her Mm um you know she starts the game as this cold-blooded killer um you don't really know who all these other characters are and what their main goal is and you're just like man this this chick's a bitch she's she's this cold-blooded heartless ruthless killer that's may or may not be on steroids. I don't know. Like she's just, <laughs> God, she's soul, man. Yeah. If I, I, I thought I was sitting there playing with my wife and I, cause I'd started going back to the gym recently and I was like, see, I just want to be in the shape Abby's in. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. Is that too much to ask? Um, but, uh, you know, sh- she, you could argue that this game. And I, I don't even agree with what I'm about to say, but I mean, you could make the argument that this is not Ellie's story. This is Abby's story. And because Abby has a resolve, um and i will talk more about the ending fight and everything but that last moment with abby on the beach where she leaves and um even before the fight begins she tells ellie i'm not doing this like her last words to ellie before that were if i ever see you again i'll fucking kill you or whatever right and now it's like she's just beaten she's tired she's been tortured she has developed this bond that is basically parallels ellie and joel from the last of us with her and lev Mm -hmm. and uh it's just like you could see abby's done she doesn't want to do this anymore and i loved her in that moment like and i was just i was just yelling at my tv like ellie no when she was like sitting there choking her in the water like i was just Mm -hmm. like ellie don't do this this isn't this isn't you and because I mean, I love Ellie, and like I've—I for those that don't know, my daughter's name is Ellie. I named her after this character in this game. Um, she's eighteen months old. I named her because we, me and my wife, loved the first game so much, and I—I I didn't want my Ellie to do that. You know, it's just, just like stop. And Abby has a very good redemption story.
1: Yeah, she does. Abby is is probably a better person. Uh, in, in a lot of ways than Ellie is in this game. Um, she constantly um, at certain points shows compassion and shows perspective um, in a really mature way, in a really, really mature way that when I, I wrote down in my notes, I have a bunch of notes here, I, I literally said out loud, am I really going to play as Abby as long as I'm going to play or as long as I'm playing with Ellie? Like, am I, is this really going to happen? Am I going to go through 10 hours of playing as Abby? Um, and then about five hours in, I really started to enjoy it. Because not only because I, I think the gameplay gets a little bit stronger, I think Abby has some of the best gameplay sections in the game. Um, uh, with yeah, the hospital like and the Joel. clickers. Yeah, she plays like Joel. She's fucking powerful, man. And it feels good to punch clickers in the face and shit. You yeah. know, it really does. It feels good. And and it and it's very tactile. And, and Abby's gameplay style is awesome. I really,
0: really, really enjoyed Uh, the
1: gameplay sections of playing as abby
0: that ambiance that lighting of that hospital section as abby trying to find the equipment to save yara (sighs) it was some of the most intense moments i've ever had playing a game because it the lighting with your flashlight it does such a good job and the way the 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 textures on the environments look going through every nook and cranny i was like god there's gonna be something that just pops out at me and there were a few um my least favorite enemies in the game were the uh, the stalkers. <laughs> I hated them. <laughs> so anytime I had a moment, because they would do that stupid thing where you'd have your light on and their head would just be like, hello, poking out the side of the door. And I was like, God damn it, because it gives me the creeps. And it's so anytime creepy. I was in any area with stalkers in the game, I just went fucking ham hard as a motherfucker and just went in with shotguns just like where are you and i was like screaming at the tv running or holding l1 down just running through his abby just punching them all in the face like i was just like i just i'm i was like i'm not letting the game do this to me i'm not gonna get scared in it i'm not gonna let you have the satisfaction of trying to freak me the fuck out hell no i'm fucking these things up and that's how i actually i think i i did I, i was very stealthful for enemies that were um you know, not infected, the, mm-hmm. the, the soldiers and things like that. I was very stealthful, but I killed everybody in the area. Everybody died in this game. I didn't, I think I snuck around maybe two parts um, to get through everything. I, I, especially with Ellie, it's so much easier than the first game because she has the switchblade that doesn't break as opposed right. to Joel's shiv, Joel and Abby's shiv. So, which I thought that was another nod to Abby being a parallel of Joel that she could craft shivs that broke just like Joel did, and I thought yeah. that was very, very coolly, coolly <laughs> implemented. <into the> game. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Abby was great, and and her the ga- I mean
1: there are some really awesome gameplay segments um, with Abby. Uh, yeah, you could argue
0: she has some of the best moments in the game.
1: I, I think she does actually. I I, I think she, I think she does. I think that whole time where they go over to the um, the island and everything's burning and it's on fire, and she has this awesome. Uh, Fight with this like brute character. Oh my god, that shit was, was amazing. Oh
0: yeah, the the guy that she stabs with that scythe like She's, several times, and he just mm-hmm. won't die. Yep, uh, yeah, that was intense. She was
1: slicing face? his face open, and then she goes and grabs it at one point. Oh my god, I mean,
0: it's it's
1: awesome stuff. It's
0: awesome was stuff. The, the set piece that you wanted me to remind you of was that the the horse ride through the fire town.
1: No, the set piece I wanted to, uh, is, is actually at the theater. Um, and I, and it's a, it's a pretty perfect culmination of lighting and ambiance. Uh, It's for when Abby it's, it's basically the theater looks weird the entire game. It's got weird lighting, right? The back, like Mm -hmm. once you get backstage, it's red and it kind of looks weird. And you're like, why the fuck does this area look like this all game? You know, it's like kind of weird and that it ends up being the place where Abby, and Ellie have a showdown where you play
0: as Abby and you beat the shit out of Ellie. And, and, and in that moment, dude, I thought because of how long the game had been up to that point, I looked at my wife. I paused it. Cause she was sitting there with playing with it, uh, playing with me, playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> she was sitting there playing or watching me play the game. And I looked over to her and I said, uh, is this fucking game really about to make me kill Ellie? Like, I thought that was going to happen. I was like, what the balls on Naughty Dog to kill Joel in the first hour. And then the game, and I really did think that was going to happen, Kevin. I thought the game was going to make me kill Ellie. Or at least attempt to. And you do. And then Dina, of course, shows up and kind of helps save her, but then gets the shit kicked out of herself. And then... I, I also thought, too, in that moment, Abby was going to stab Dina in the belly when she said she was pregnant because of what Ellie did to Mel. Right. I was like, oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, man, I thought Ellie was going to die right there.
1: I I remember. Um, I think that's probably one of the most powerful gaming moments I've ever witnessed. Um, and because I, I, I had to pause the game, I had to stop playing because uh, I, I didn't want to do it. And I I actually died to see what would happen. Um, I was like, well, what happens if I just fucking, you know, what happens if I die here? Yeah, I'm like, what if this is a really interesting way of telling a story where, you know, if you as the player defeat Ellie, Ellie, right, then
0: that's that's your story.
1: But if you die to Ellie... I mean, that would be
0: fucking, that would be lit. I thought that would, I I was like, man, that would have been cool if they would have had multiple endings. I'm with you right there. But at the same time, life doesn't have multiple endings. So obviously, yeah. And and like I said, this is one of the most realistic games I've ever played as far as like uh, story beats and stuff like that go. And it's like, people are mad at Abby and hate that character for killing Joel because they love Joel so much. And I mean, you have to think, man, like Ellie killed a pregnant woman. Like, oh yeah, that's worse than anything that like this, that this baby's going to die because mom is dead now. And it's just like, man, it's as much as I hated Mel that, that moment was super serious. And Ellie was so like, just downtrodden and it fucked her up. I wish they would have a, uh, you know how she starts having the nightmares of mm-hmm. Joel as she's trying to, uh, when they're with Dina in the, the home that they have together, um, which we'll talk about that too. But yeah, uh, I, re- I really wish they would have had more of emphasized of how much that killing of a pregnant woman fucked Ellie up. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I, they did a really good job with Ellie's PTSD. Um,
0: and, oh, and, portraying
1: it and, and, and they really honed in on the fact that Ellie isn't okay with how everything went down, both the decisions that she had made and the fact that she doesn't have closure Both of those things I think really fucked with her and as it should. I mean, she did a lot of fucked up shit and for it to feel empty for her when she comes back and starts a life with Dina and they get a farm and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, I have some really great, um, screen grabs, uh, from the game that I've been waiting to share a little bit because they're spoilery, but there were certain times where the game was so beautiful. I just had to stop and take some pictures (laughs) because i couldn't believe what i was seeing i was just the the and and it at that point where after abby lets them go um you know they start this new life and i, I was like this can't be the epilogue i'm like this can't this can't be how it ends um because it's the last of it us sure
0: f- it sure felt like it though didn't it they did a really <laughs> good job of thinking you that like everything slows down you're there with this baby little little jesse joel jj, <laughs> JJ. Yeah, yeah yeah um it, it slows down to a complete halt and you're like yeah this is it this is where it's gonna end and that's just it and then you know Tommy shows up and I want to talk about his character for a moment um I think the actor that plays him obviously the same one from the first game did a phenomenal job uh, like that they built, built on that character with Joel being gone um, there there's that flashback scene where they're hunting together right and the little moments that her and ellie have together are just they're just so great and uh there are some standout moments i want to talk about but real quick uh and i had that marked as tommy it was one of them um i loved his character in this game um i didn't and at first you know i I told you i hated that scene when when tommy shows back up at the house i'm like that just see it doesn't seem like tommy because like he knows you know joel's gone he has to take more of like not necessarily a father figure but the uncle type figure that's going to be more involved in your life and and him to just cuss at ellie like that but at the same time this dude was shot in the head and has you know he's blind he has a limp and you know who knows what i mean obviously we know the effects of what cte can do to somebody's brain and and things like that so i mean he may have like you know mental issues now like yeah. violent outbursts and stuff because of the brain damage that he sustained um like yeah I, I love Tommy's character and and it, it, I that whole scene where Dina goes and yells at him on the porch and thank the fuck god that I had turned subtitles on because it's really not loud enough if you don't play with subtitles on you're not going to really get what Dina's saying to Tommy yes and um it was so good. Like just that whole moment having that on.
1: Yeah. That whole sequence was, was really, really great for a lot of reasons. I think one, because it was written um, a lot like how it would happen in real life. Uh, you know, if that were to happen and, and I think one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scenes is actually when Ellie decides to leave and go find Abby again. And mm-hmm. Dina wakes up, notices she's not in bed and and comes downstairs and uh, and basically sees what Ellie is doing and tries to diffuse the situation by saying, "Hey, come back to bed. We'll we'll talk about this in the morning." Right? Thinking that you know maybe Ellie had another you know PTSD thing and that she's worked up and needs to kind of calm down and 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 think about it and 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 work through it in the morning. Right? And I thought that scene it was so heartbreaking because. Dina knows as soon as Ellie doesn't take her up on coming back to bed that she's powerless and that Ellie's going to go do this thing and is most likely going to die. Um, you know, and and Ellie says, "I'm not planning on dying." Is is the line that she says? She's like, "What am I supposed?" Dina says, "What am I supposed to do? Sit around here for God knows how long, thinking that every day that you're dead." And Ellie's like, well, I'm not planning on dying. And she's like, well, no one plans on dying. Joel didn't plan on dying. Jesse didn't plan on dying. And that plea, that plea to Ellie is so powerful um, yeah. because it shows how deep Ellie is 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 ingrained in this cycle that she cannot break. And it's heartbreaking. And it's it was so well written because I feel like that is the exact conversation that would happen between two care like two people in this situation.
0: You know? Yeah, for sure. It fits what I have wrote here. I have, uh, Ellie being like a drug addict with her vengeance. I mean, like that, that was like basically Dina finding somebody with a rubber band around their arm and they're hiding in the bathroom at two o'clock in the morning. And, and that's what that moment was for Ellie. She was not going to stop until she killed Abby. Um, she, the last moments of her and Joel, um, you're made, you're made to think is when, um, they're in the, uh, they're in the, uh, the barn dance mm-hmm. and the, the bigot, you know, it accuses Ellie or whatever. And Joel, like, Hey, get the fuck out of here. And Ellie's like, I don't need your protection. And you're like, Oh my God, that's the last thing they ever said to each other, which it wasn't. Thank God. But in that moment, you're like, God, this, this, this girl can't catch a break. And, and um, it just shows the, there are the flashbacks and, One moment I want to really, really touch base on real quick. um, There was a standout moment for me was the museum sequence, the museum flashback with Joel, because we, especially, and that's the thing, like, I think that's what people were so mad about. They wanted more. They wanted more of those little moments between Joel and Ellie, like with the giraffes from the first game. And when Joel got killed in the first hour, people knew that they weren't going to get that. And that flashback in that museum is is exactly what everybody wanted. It's Ellie's sixteenth birthday, and she's you know Joel takes her to this museum that has dinosaurs. Ellie fucking loves dinosaurs and space, and gets to see all that stuff and and just the the father daughter moments that they share. Like if you if you interacted with everything, you get to climb up on top of that T Rex and jump into the pool, and and Joel's just like don't jump, don't, don't jump, and he's like just like. He cares so much for her safety that uh, it's just it's just very father y and I think that's what a lot of people wanted from this game, and it finally did deliver that moment, and I think I think it was perfectly well placed. Yeah,
1: that uh God, that entire scene. I walked around and interacted with every single thing that I could because I wanted every bit of conversation, and that is something extremely powerful that Naughty Dog does that is really hard to replicate. Yeah, um, you
0: did that because you wanted to hear what they had to say to each other. Like yeah. you cared about those characters that much.
1: And, and you could miss a lot. And that's, you know, there's that whole take on me moment with, um, that you can easily miss if you don't explore downtown Seattle. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with that scene with Joel. If you don't go around and look at all the different, you know, dinosaurs and they mess with the hat, which is really cute. Um, you know, you don't get any of that interaction unless you you take it upon yourself, right? So you're kind of you're kind of creating your own story in that way, and it's not creating your own story; you are discovering the story in your own way, and it's really powerful. Um, that you know that those moments, the "Take On Me," where Ellie sits down and, and sings uh, this this beautiful version of uh, "Take On Me," um, it, it just those moments are what make this game really, really special.
0: Hands down. And um, there's a character in this game, and I'm calling it a character because of what happens at the end. It is a character. The guitar. Yes. The or guitar as the Joel gui- the, gui- so the guitar. Put it. Um. It's its own character because you know it starts with that scene that they animated and I'm so glad they put it in. They did. They, this was a, for those that don't know that of what one night live was, was when uh, they performed some scenes from the last of us, the first game um, right after the launch of the game. And they, uh, they called it one night live and Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson acted out on stage. A lot of these scenes and one scene that was supposed to be in the first game that was never animated was in that. And it's the scene with Joel giving the guitar to Ellie in, Jackson once like right after a couple weeks after they've been there and uh, trying to, you could tell Ellie still has her reservations if Joel was lying or not to her and for him to just come in and give that to her. And they, they choose the song, which for anybody that knows me knows how much I fucking can't stand Pearl Jam. (laughs) Um, But they, they did pick a Pearl Jam song, um, which it's, it's a great, it's a great song. uh, Future days. It is a great song. I just don't like Eddie better. Um, But that totally represents their relationship. If I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself. And uh, then the moments of Ellie is learning to play the guitar throughout the game. And then all of a sudden at the very end, that is even robbed away from her. You know, because she loses two fingers and she can't necessarily play the chords anymore and she leaves it in the house and we'll we'll talk more about the ending but that scene like the guitar itself was just a a symbolism of basically it symbolized to me her character development with joel and with her leaving that behind tells me that when she walks away that that's that she's leaving everything behind that she's that this is just it for this story you know what i mean
1: yeah i i have i have a couple of different takes on the on the ending there like the last uh, the final few moments um,
0: so real and, quickly I guess since we've been going in sequence let's let's go uh, to the part now where it, it goes to Abby and Lev in California.
1: Yes, this is so so Abby and Lev basically fight their way out, they escape um, from Seattle, and they head to. Um, California, and they're in search of the fireflies, right? Which is this whole symbolism um, that happens throughout the game uh, with that I think carries over from the first, which is that that firefly slash scoundrel theme, right? With Joel being the scavenger and the and you know and the and the fireflies being the the good guys, right? They're 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 really trying to better the world. That's what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to do the right thing. They don't always do the right thing. But they really are trying to, and that's right. Abby. She has that light that that line that her and Owen have. Um, you know, or Abby turns to Owen and says, "What happened to us?" And Owen and Owen turns around and says, "I think we stopped looking for the light," and that is why he wanted to go find the fireflies, which gave uh, Abby the the idea to go find the fireflies. So they go out to California, Lev and and Abby, right? And they get captured um, by a, a group out there. I can't remember their the name. The Rattlers. The Rattlers. That's what it is. <laughs> and the Rattlers. It's a great sports name. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they go out, get, get the Rattlers, or the Rattlers capture them, and uh, imprison them, basically. And then the story flips again and you start playing as Ellie searching for Abby. And you run into these guys and you,, um, God, when she gets stabbed on that tree branch, oh yeah, I, I yelled out loud. So she gets caught in a trap, ends up killing three people, finds out that Abby is is at this this place, this their fortress, basically their, their community. Um, these, this, the Rattlers community, um, and, and, uh, goes in and this is probably, uh, my least favorite gameplay, um, portion of the game. There are, in my opinion, there are too many enemies. Um, and it is, uh, it's a great playground. I think the area is very well designed at this point though. I have been playing the game for 35 hours, Um, and I wanted to see how the story ended. I did not want a last final. I mean, I wanted a little bit, but I didn't want this. I died a lot during this because I was just trying to get through it. And I was just trying to play as quickly as I could to get through it. And the game was punishing me for it. So, yeah. I was like okay fine I'll sit here for 30 minutes to take out these these enemies. They were like just they were like fucking 30 enemies in the section.
0: And and I think you know this is the only part of the game that me and you have a difference of opinion on. I actually love this entire sequence. I was like it's just like when she yeah. Ellie gets captured or whatever, and then gets down and shoots that guy and she's bleeding all over the place. And then it fast forwards to when she finds the compound and she lifts up her shirt and she stitched herself. And it's like, she is going to these extreme lengths. She is not stopping. Like when she saw, you see that her wound is stitched up. You're like, God damn, Ellie just don't give a fuck. No, you know, she's, she's going in. And I did play through that entire sequence methodically and took out every enemy one by one and i didn't die and got all the way to abby and maybe that's maybe that's why you didn't enjoy it so much is because the game kind of does force you to play that slow at that moment and i get it i i i did kind of i did during the ending sequences with abby i turned the difficulty down because i was just like i gotta know what happens um in that fucking theater i have to know so going through the whole thing with Yara and, and Lev, I turned the difficulty down to burn through some of that story beats, but it, 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 it fit, it fit the tone and I didn't like screw up the pacing at all for me. If anything, I, I it, it felt better because the game is horribly paced in the, those moments as Abby there towards the end. It's just a little bit long in the tooth. Um, yeah. But I still like every moment that happened um, because it, it's important to do those things with Yara and Lev because it's important to the character development of Abby. Um, So, you know, going through that and then fighting your way through that and then finding the prisoners that tell you where she's at the, what do they call it? The, the, the the pillars is where they said they're at. And and I'm looking through and, and you walk the game you've intentionally walk right past Abby. She's right there at the beginning, but you don't recognize her cause you're sitting there at the game is like telling you, okay, I need to look for a really big buff chick tied to a post. Yep. <laughs> there is no big buff chick because apparently this had been two. They had been, they spent, I think the game says two months in captivity. Right. And Abby's extremely skinny, malnourished. And her hair has been like cut off and God knows what they've done to her and the, and Lev and everything like that. And, uh, you know, you cut her down and, I do like the fact that you did get a final boss fight basically. Yeah. I hated every minute of it because it had came full circle and I was just like Ellie don't do this. Don't don't drown her because I I didn't know what was going to happen in it and she's just like I, Abby's character is like I'm not doing this. And that's why I loved Abby so much because she grew. Ellie was just helping on revenge. But at the same time what you were seeing in real time Abby spent the age of 14 to now looking for revenge she spent six years trying to or wait four years right in it four or five something like that five five to six years looking for revenge on joel miller like that she was trying to hunt him down and kill him for six straight years ellie you're just seeing months of revenge right so Eventually, Ellie will go through that, I think, uh, change. And she does there at the end. She, it, I think Ellie automatically has more compassion because she did have that resolve there at the end. But she was just so fucked up and depressed that she was just hell-bent bent on that revenge. And, and Abby was just over it. She's like, I did what I set out to do. I'm not going to... I can't do this anymore. Like I've been right. through so much shit with Lev. I just want to go home. Well, it's it's interesting, too,
1: because... Ellie is at at the end of the story where Abby is at the beginning, or at, okay, Ellie is at the end of the game where Abby is halfway through the game, right, where she has that final moment with Ellie and lets her go. And Ellie is not at that point yet in her story, right? Yep. It's a cycle. Yeah. So Ellie reaches that point at the end of the game where she realizes, maybe I've gone too far, maybe this isn't. What I want. This is not gonna help my problems. Because you realize that it doesn't solve Abby's problems at all. Killing Joel does not solve her problems. Not not in the slightest. Her life goes yeah. back to just the way it was. You know, and and, and yeah. it was a really great tool that Naughty Dog used. And that's one of my only issues with the ending, is that I, I, I kind of knew Ellie wasn't going to kill her because, first of all, if she did, it would be really hard to redeem Ellie if Abby had let Ellie go. It's a really tough thing to swallow, like a tough pill to swallow, which I thought Naughty Dog could have gone there. Uh, and they could have made Ellie a villain, essentially, um, and solidified it because they toyed with it all, all the, the entire game. Um, they, they toyed with kind of Ellie being a villain character. Um, especially when you start to play as Abby, and yeah, they, you know, I I was like, she, there's no way she's she can kill Abby. She's got to let Abby go. Look at how weak Abby is, right? And look at look at how weak Lev is. She would be taking, she would be taking Lev's Joel, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. she has. I think she has that moment. I think she, I think she, all of that goes through her head,
0: and while wow. she's drowning, her the one the one moment that tells Ellie to stop this is that she had been having so many fucked up nightmares of seeing Joel just beat and bloody and broken. And the game basically tells you everything is all right. Because the last image that Ellie sees while she's drowning, uh, Abby is Joel that lat. And then you finally get that last words. They said to each other moment where Joel is just smiling with the guitar on the porch and, and, It made her stop. She was like in that moment you knew everything was going to be okay for Ellie. That she wasn't going to have PTSD anymore. That she was that these nightmares were over. This is it. Stop. And she did. And then we get that scene flashback scene after Abby lets Levin Abby go. And it's. One of my favorite scenes I've ever had in a video game. Um, it, the the line we all wanted an I love you and it wasn't gonna happen because it fits the story. I wanted it so bad just because of like the relationship I have with my daughter that I want us to be like Ellie and Joel someday not in that fucked up world <laughs> knock on wood hopefully not <laughs> but you know like I just I, I wanted Joel to say I, you know I love you kiddo or something. Like that. And it didn't happen, but we got Ellie saying, I could never forgive you for that, but I want to try. And man, that moment was just so beautiful. And just knowing that Ellie was going to be okay. And that Abby's going to be okay. Was the best ending we could have hoped for. Because you do, if you didn't feel for abby then you didn't you didn't get what the game was trying to do and right i wanted i and that in that moment i was so happy that both of those young women lived this entire thing
1: yeah and i i think there's a there is really really great symbolism um between how the female body is portrayed um between pregnancy and strength and um perseverance and resilience resilience. it's 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 really 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 awesome to see because you know you get tired of seeing the same characters in video games you know you're you're tired of playing as as these these you know superhuman dudes right it's
0: it's really nice thin, big ass big titted hot chicks you know what i mean
1: right i mean it's just it's it's been done right And I applaud Naughty Dog for doing something different here, even though, I mean, I don't know if it's applaud worthy because I think more games should be doing things like this and telling stories the way that Naughty Dog did. That's Um, more lifelike. Right. And, and like, there's so much to be said and done that hasn't been done yet. And I think this game shows us that. Uh, with Lev's character is is trans. We haven't talked about that yet. Um, Really, really cool way to connect him to this religious cult that he's in. Um, And, and showing that that was part of the reason that he couldn't go back. He couldn't go back because these people wouldn't accept him for who he was.
0: I thought it was cool that this game, you know, with the whole thing with Ellie being a lesbian and, um, the whole trans character. I mean, we can, we're not going to get into, I get, if you're listening to this, I you know, you're probably, I'm getting eye rolls somewhere from, yep, Naughty Dog just being the SJWs that they are. Okay, motherfucker. I get that. <laughs> I, I, I get it. But I like that the game is telling us that these issues, these real world issues that we have today, they wouldn't just go away just because an apocalypse happened. You know what I mean? Um. It felt very lifelike that this, these religious zealots were, you know, you want to be a woman, no, or you want to be a boy, no, you're a, wo- a woman. And I loved Lev's character. Um, Lev, to me, represents um, not just how Ellie was in the first game, because she's not like Ellie at all. Like, <laughs> Ellie is cuts as like a fucking sailor in the first yeah. game. Lev represents to me, if this game is all about revenge and, and, and hate, Lev represents what good can come from this world. Um, Lev stops Abby. Abby totally would have killed Dina and Ellie mm-hmm. had Lev not been standing there. Yep. Lev represents peace and, and, and harmony and, and, and acceptance. And 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 accepting the things that you can't change—that's what that character is there for. And and I thought he was portrayed perfectly, um, kind of not necess- I don't want to say the word stupid, but that cult—they don't. I love the—we can't touch this. This is old world things, and it's like right. Abby's like, I, "I fucking need it, okay?" Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so good. So it's like, okay, get over yourself. They
1: like, why are you so loyal to these people who want to kill you? Yeah. Why are Um, you so loyal to these people who want to absolutely destroy you for, for being who you are? Um, You know, that was, that was powerful. It was really, really powerful. And I think that added a lot to the story. I think, I think Lev being a trans character really hit the nail on the head with, with why this religious group and why certain religious groups, uh, obviously, all of, you know so this this mirrors real life as well um, why trans people aren't aren't accepted, accepted. and they're not seen no. as, as people they're not seen and it's it's ridiculous um you know and and i applaud naughty dog for taking a stance and and doing this because it you know they got a lot of flack for oh these fucking SJW motherfuckers it's like shut up it's like why are you complaining about character sexuality this is 2020 You know,
0: I'm sorry. I appreciate human decency and people getting equal rights. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it just makes you sound like an asshole when you put it that way, when people aren't accepting of it. Um, but real quick, we'll come back to ancillary characters. I want to finish up on our thoughts on the ending. Um, Ellie leaves, Abby goes off on her own. We don't know what happens to her and Lev, um, they probably go make it with the fireflies like they intended to and then Ellie goes back to her house on the farm and I was like okay cool we're finally going to get the happy ending and holy shit the whole house is fucking empty Oh Dina you, Dina left Did you Dina see left. that coming
1: Um I you know what I didn't really think that far ahead um that was kind of at the point where I was just letting the story take me where it wanted to go but when I showed up I wasn't surprised um i i i i thought dina made the right choice for dina uh yeah i i think she couldn't trust where ellie was going to be when she got back or if she was going to come back ever uh and there's that really tragic scene you know at the end where ellie plays goes to play the guitar and can't play she's lost two fingers in the fight with abby and it's uh you know it really hits home she's lost everything even even the simple things she can't enjoy anymore
0: legitimately one of it's it goes crazy from being one of the most well-loved characters video games have ever given us because of just how young and innocent she is in the first game uh to to probably one of the most tragic characters in any medium ever uh just the fact that of what she's lost you know she loses her best friend when she's little um she lost Marlene. She lost Tess. She lost, you know, the whole thing with, uh, you know, Sam and uh, Henry. Yes. And then to lose, basically, a father she n- never had, and to have the moments that they had to to each other towards the end—that obviously you got to feel bad for. Like I would hate to something happen to one of my. F- parents and the last thing I said to them was just something hateful and we see that it wasn't but it still wasn't the best of. they weren't on the best of terms when Joel died and I think that's part of the reason for her PTSD the part of the reason she's hell been on vengeance because she's trying to make it right she knows how much because that the line that I love from that scene with her and Joel on the, on the porch that night is he looks at her and says you know if I could have if the good lord would have given me a second chance i'd do it all over again and that yeah. just i think that's she knew how much he loved her like oh, absolutely that, was, I that mean, was that was my really daughter powerful. like I, people people i heard criticism from the first game that they hated joel for you know not getting the cure to mankind or whatever that that wasn't the right choice and i'm like be a fucking father or have some empathy. Like we yeah. I wasn't even a father in that point, but I would have done exactly what Joel did in that situation.
1: Yeah. I, I think that you know, the the added layer of of Joel having lost his daughter um adds to all of this and and I loved when he, you know, when he doubled down basically and said, "You know what? You might not like the decision I made, but guess what? I'd fucking do it again." And again. And yep. again if I had to. If that if that means that I would have lost you. I would not have, I wouldn't have made the decision that could make me lose you.
0: Cause so he's powerful. essentially getting to watch Sarah grow up that he never got to, you know what I mean? Cause he gets Ellie at the same age Sarah was when she died essentially. And just getting to see this young lady grow up and like that from him to, you know, obviously Joel is a Southern Texan, um, in the, in the, in the story yeah. as it goes. And he, you know, people around the Bible belt, they don't really take kindly to them, their gaze. And you know, he, he, the, what he says to Ellie about Dina is like, I think she would be lucky to have you. And I was just so, it's such a beautiful moment, man. Like, yeah, like it, was. That, it that gets you in the fills.
1: Yeah. When I, I loved how they, how they handled that. Um, because Joel, you know, it wasn't a conversation. Joel loves Ellie. That's what, that's what matters and, and that's what should always matter. And I think the representation is great there. I think, uh, you know, it, it really shows that naughty dog, uh, handles these things with care as well. Um, I know some people were, were upset with the way they handled, um, Lev specifically because they did dead name with what's called dead naming him. Um, they called him by, uh, the name he was before he transitioned. Um, as he has that time, he's like oh, he talks to Abby. He said, "Hey, did you hear them calling me? I, what is it, Liz? I don't remember what Lily. Name. Lily, did you hear them calling me, Lily?" And Abby says, uh, "Yeah, I did." And he goes, "Do you do you want to talk about that?" And Abby basically says, "No, I don't." Um, and I think because she understands uh, what what's going on, you know, yep. she doesn't need yep. him to explain to her what's going on, you know, because to him, he he in the world that he grew up in, that's, you know, that's astronomical. And I don't think that it is to Abby, you know? So that yeah. was, uh, I, I like the way they handled that. And I, I, I just, I think, I think the game handled everything with care and for with sure. thought. And I think that
0: sure. that should not go without acknowledging. Absolutely. Um, the game ends with Ellie putting the guitar down. Uh, the only things that are left in that house of her and Dina's is, is all of Ellie's belongings, all of her drawings, her, her art room, um, all these things. And she puts the guitar down, she gets up and the last scene is her walking into the forest and it's left up to interpretation. And we'll talk I'll I'll, I'll, I want to give a shout out to, uh, kind of funny and Greg Miller because they had a uh, Neil Druckmann, Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker on to do their spoiler cast and to just talk with those actors and the director of this game. Uh, you really need to go give that a listen. And I'm going to touch one more thing on that here towards the end of the podcast. If you help me remember that about that, I want to shout that out one more time because okay. I have something I want to say about it. Um, but Neil in that said, uh, Neil Druckmann, the director of the last of us said, he was asked, you know, where's she going? What, what is to be interpreted? And he goes, you know what? I don't know. And he, he let Ashley Johnson answer it first. He goes, Ashley. And because I think he was, I think he in that moment, Neil was going to be like, whatever Ashley Johnson says happens to Ellie, that's going to be canon. Right. And Ashley even said, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's obviously left up to interpretation but in my opinion at first I was like yeah she's going to go back to Jackson and try to find Dina and them and Tommy and tell tell Tommy that the task is completed and all this and I and I, but the guitar leaving it there it just shows me in my my interpretation of the ending is Ellie set out what she went to do she has lost so much that I don't think she wants to go back to any of that. I think, I think she goes and just goes just same thing with Abby. We don't know. And I don't think we're supposed to.
1: Yeah. I I don't think we're supposed to know where she's going. I I'd like to think that she's going back to Jackson, um, to find Dina. But, you know, I, I think there's an interesting, um, thing that I thought of the other day when I was thinking about the ending. And, you know, I think she, she, she's thinking to herself, you know, I forgive Joel, uh, for what he did. Maybe, maybe Dina can forgive me for what I did. If, if I am truly changed, if I have truly changed. And if she feels that she has, um, maybe Dina has the compassion and the empathy but that's not, I mean, she doesn't have to. And, and I don't think yeah. Dina, you know, that character, I don't know what I would do if I were in her shoes. And um, that's got
0: to be a scary thing, too, being a, a young woman with a baby trying to make it back to wherever the fuck Dina's going. It's probably right. going back to Jackson, I would assume. Yeah. Um, but, uh, to just travel that world with a baby like that's got to be terrifying on your own but she did it because she didn't even want to be with Ellie anymore and that's why I think I truly think Ellie is just going to go her separate way and just go on her own and I I hope and pray um you know I didn't know necessarily know if I wanted this game or not I really really hope and I don't think I think this is it I don't think we get another last of us game I don't really think so either which we don't need one. I think this. I think this is this is where it stays. Only reason I could see them doing it is is how many people criticizing this game, and I, I hope they don't pull a Star Wars and try to jack their fans off because they want them to feel good about themselves. You know what I mean? Like no, yeah. fuck that. This 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 story was fucked up. This is how it stays. Um, so that's that's the end of that. Um, real quick, since we both pretty much liked the game, what's something you hated about it, Kevin?
1: Something I hated about
0: it i think or not even hate but you know what i mean something you just yeah something
1: something i didn't like uh i talked earlier about the whole uh platforming stuff i wasn't the biggest fan of that a little immersion breaking for me and i think some of i think sometimes the game threw a lot of enemies at you like a lot uh there's one i'm specifically thinking two i'm specifically thinking with ellie and maybe it's just because of the limitations that Ellie has that Abby doesn't have necessarily um, in the harder. way that she fights and that yeah. she can't tank anybody. Uh, there's a section where you kind of drop into this, like, uh, I want to say kind of like a t- town square area uh, where there are like three dogs and there's all, you know, all these people, like there's at least 10 to 12 enemies and three dogs and... You just drop in and you're like, oh God, you know, you're like, this is going to be tough. And uh, not that the game is necessarily difficult, but it's just, you know, that you're going to be, the story's going to be halted for a while. And at, I feel like at some times they just threw maybe two or three more enemies in a, in a certain gameplay section than they needed to. Um, and uh, that is something that it was, especially in that section. And then at the end I've talked about already with Ellie um, that one, there's definitely too many enemies. Um, yeah. Uh, for sure, it's it's crazy. And there should be, and I understand why there is. It would be weird if there weren't that many people there.
0: You know, um, looking, no, looking back... Oh, sorry. No, go for it. Looking, looking back on... like I, I had these cons wrote down, and I'm looking at them right now, and honestly, my biggest issue is pacing. But... I don't know. Like I'm conflicted because I feel like because of Abby's story, it needed to be that long in the tooth to get to that redeeming moment when Abby leaves. Right. Um, I, 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 I think it was, did overstay its welcome a little bit, but at the same time, I don't know how you go about fixing that. If you're, if to get the same effect that it's having on me, right. Which is what naughty dog obviously was going for. It did make me like Abby. It did make me understand her actions. So I don't know how they would have paced that differently. To have the same outcome on me you know what i'm saying so it's it's hard but yeah the the, the resource management is what pisses me off the most the, the 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 i gotta go over here oh there's a like the path that i'm supposed to take because this is technically for all intents and purposes a linear game the path i'm supposed to take is right here to the right but i look down the street and there's all these houses that are in buildings that are open that you know has shit in it But I I don't give a shit about that, right? Like, I'm trying to go find revenge, but the game is forcing me to go through every nook and cranny. I did like how this is more open, but as linear as the first game was, That just let me find the resources as I go. You know what I mean? Now, there
1: are are actually accessibility and difficulty options to fix that. You can make... um, supplies and ammo drop more frequently that's a setting that you can change
0: really uh, in the
1: game yeah so and that's uh, one
0: thing we do need to touch on too is the the, uh, the monumental ex- accessibility options which i think is phenomenal for anybody yeah. uh the the access that that people can have if you don't like hard games you can make it super easy uh you can change how the aiming works entirely like i fiddled around with that because i was having some trouble aiming way harder than the first game um But then I kind of got used to it and figured out how I was supposed to move the stick and get that precise moments to get those headshots. Uh, But you could totally change it to where everything just automatically locks on to every target. And uh, it's just kind of, uh, it's very cool. I think more companies need to do that. And you could, here we go. I'll probably get another eye roll. Well, they're just catering and pandering to the games. My Dark Souls games don't do that. We don't need difficulty options. Dude, there are people with disabilities that need to experience things like this, and the the fact that Naughty Dog was so open to to making that so, I, I applaud them completely.
1: Yeah, and and there, it's I mean, it, I you know I heard someone say if all games take one third of the accessibility option that The Last of Us had, they'd be in a much better place. But you can literally customize this game to how you want to play it and i I think that's phenomenal i think that's great there's no right or wrong way to play a video game it's a fucking video game you know play it the way you want it's not CS:GO, you know it's not it's not one of these competitive things it doesn't matter you're not playing against anybody else
0: yeah exactly like who cares how somebody else plays a single player game like who cares yeah no one we all got the same experience Enjoy what you want to enjoy and play a game the way you want to play it. Like, I, and I, I yeah, I, I can't commend that Naughty Dog proves time and time again why they're Sony's best first party studio. I love Sony Santa Monica and like Corey Barlog and them, and I can't wait for God of War sequel. And, you know, we talk about Gorilla, and I think the next horizon is going to be fantastic. But Naughty Dog is their best studio.
1: Yeah. And Ghost of Tsushima um, comes out soon, too. I, I mean, that's and, next and,
0: month. That's like, that's like almost two weeks away. I think the reason they put them so close together is I think Sony probably knew that this was going to be a polarizing game. And so for those people that are so set in their ways that did not enjoy this game, they're not going to, and Neil Druckmann even talks about that. There are people that probably didn't even finish the game after they killed Joel. They were so mad and idiots. That's fine. That, you know, Sony has another game coming out in a month for you. So I think that was pretty smart marketing, honestly, in terms I think they knew that this is probably gonna be polarizing, but I like me and you said I think those people are stupid. This game's yeah. phenomenal. And if you yeah. can't appreciate it for what it is, then you you don't appreciate good art in my and opinion.
1: And this is coming from two Last of Us fanboys too. This is not coming from people who really, you know, they like the first game. You you named your daughter after Ellie. Like we we love this game. We love this series, we love this franchise, we love these characters. And I think that people can't, I mean, I, I've seen, I've watched a couple people play through it and have, and, you know, complain about this and that. And, and uh, you know, one person in particular, I was kind of disappointed with their, with their take on it. Um, and, and, and it just, all of the criticism that I see, and I, and I don't mean this in like a, you know, I'm thinking about it from a more critical standpoint than they are. But it almost feels like they're just missing the mark missed the mark on them.
0: Yeah. Like, like they, it, they didn't they didn't get it.
1: Right. And, and and that's all well and good because this game is very different from the first game. If you liked the
0: first game, you're there, you know. There's a good chance you may not like this one.
1: Right, because this tells a much more difficult story and a and a much and, a, and I don't think it's all it's not paced the best, um, but it, it has to be paced this way. To service the story like you said earlier uh, and you know you're not supposed to like playing as Abby you're not supposed to like it the first two hours you're, you're supposed to be like oh god you know and then you learn to like her because she's a likable character and you kind of can't deny that and, yep. and that is so powerful that Naughty Dog said you know what what if halfway through the game you fucking play as Abby person who killed Joel right in front of you and you've been hunting this whole time. How cool would that be? And then you learn to like that character because she's actually a good person.
0: Yeah. And, and, and she's dealing with struggles and revenge for her own standpoint. You know, it play, has that moment where you play in the flashback and you, you, it dives into the doctor And who he is, he's such a good person trying to save this fucking zebra and this baby calf from this. I guess that's what a baby zebra is called. A calf, right? I would assume. No fucking clue. I don't know. Baby Baby zebra. zebra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and so it has this moment like these are good people. And like I real quick, I want to touch on some of the ancillary characters. Uh, Owen, who at first I was like, God, I don't give a flying fuck. And then at the end, I'm like, man, Owen was a good character. I loved Owen. I thought he was a great addition. He would like, you know, Lev was kind of that beacon of hope uh, or is the beacon of hope. Owen had very redeeming qualities about him. He, like he says, has that line where he said, we lost, we stopped looking for the light. And you kind of get that the Fireflies were were not bad people. Um, They did things. You could argue about their tactics and the way they went around things. um, But with uh, that whole insight into who they are and... And Owen being like, you you could tell in that scene with Joel and the revenge and him dying, Owen didn't want to be there. Owen didn't want Abby to do this. Owen wanted to just let it go. And you could tell like, Hey, it's done. We're gone. Let's get, let's get the fuck out of here. He did it for Abby. He did it for her to have closure. Uh, I really liked Owen's character. Um, Real quick. Let's talk about that sex scene. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. With Abby and Owen. Um, we have a little bit of a different opinion on this. I'll let you go first. So uh, I, for one, am never a fan of full-on sex scenes in, in movies. And I think they're pointless, and I think they're even more pointless in video games. Um, my thing is, is like I'm not like the type of person that I don't think it's... I don't love... Of course, I love sex, but my point is if you show like a couple start to make out and then the camera kind of pans away, my brain can already interpret what's going to happen. Right. I don't need it forcibly shown to me because for one that takes away from the story beats and things like that. And I, 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 I was like, why well, it's just kind of like, I was like, holy shit. And then they, they just choo- choose to go full on doggy style with it right off the gate. And I <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, there was no, like, love in it. It was like, okay, let's just do this real quick because we've been building up to this. Because I, like I told you, Kevin, I interpreted it as um, that scene in the aquarium and the flashback that I don't think Abby and Owen ever had sex. She broke it off. She was so hell-bent on Revenge for Joel that she was like, we got to get back to training in that scene with Aquarium. And it, I think that's what caused them to break up because Owen knew that, she's obsessed with one thing and it's killing Joel like I'm not going to have a relationship with this woman and that's how he ends up with Mel probably and then it culminated I think that was the first time they had sex and it was such a aggressive like wow well, this is what we're doing huh like it was kind of I don't know it was it was I'm glad that they showed I think it's cool to break that barrier and to have a sex scene like that in a video game but uh um. I don't know. It was it was just kind of odd. <laughs> I, I it was jarring and it
1: because it, it came out of nowhere. Uh, really, honestly, it was just like, oh my god, oh my god, they're fucking like they're doing they're the doing it right now. And I I I I I don't really care for sex scenes. Like it's not really it, it's whatever. I'm I'm if it, if it services the story, I'm I'm cool with it. Like I don't really care seeing it. And I thought that it did show uh, an interesting side to their relationship. Um, mainly Owen was super domineering um, in, in that moment. Uh, and it I was just kind of like, oh, interesting. Like uh, in the, in their relationship, I mean, Abby is a, is a physically um, a very a beast. <laughs> strong character, right? You look at her and you see strength and you yeah. see all of these things. And they did this, this also this thing where, you know, Owen has some sort of, uh, uh i don't know they they're just the way that they interact with each other is different than how abby interacts with every other person in the game and um yeah. she lets her guard down with with owen she never does that with anybody and i thought that that was pretty powerful um that she felt safe with him at all times really um and they, did, they i i think it really solidified their relationship to me. And I, at the time I thought that they had probably had sex before, but I think you are right in the, in the sense that they, they probably didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was a odd choice to the way that went down, but I think it was necessary to show that Owen still had feelings for Abby, obviously. And, uh, to show that, um, the, one of the cons that I did have originally that has also went away was the Isaac character. And then the, whoever the fuck the leader of the uh, the Seraphites was, they both die out of nowhere. And I was like, it, it was setting Isaac up, I thought, to be the main villain of the story when he's first introduced. Um, and then all of a sudden, you don't really hear anything about him. And then Abby and uh, Lev are confronted and Isaac gets shot by Yara before she dies. And that's it. And then... Abby just fucks up before that fucks up the leader, the one that the woman that is on all the paintings and all the pictures of the religious cult just stabs her in the head with a hammer. And it was like, okay, why did you do such a big world building on these characters? If that's how they were treated. And then I thought about it and I'm like, because this isn't about them, right? This isn't their story. This is Ellie and Abby's story. And, uh, who gives a shit? And and maybe I don't know the one I did see a take on Twitter that makes sense. Maybe they're building a world building for the the TV show. Maybe there's going to be an Isaac. Maybe that character that was the religious leader will get re- revealed um, in the TV series. So maybe we'll see. Maybe that's not the last of those two characters that we see. Maybe that's not the last of us. <laughs>
1: yeah i i mean they were cool characters and everything i didn't really give a shit about either of them honestly Yeah, i didn't either but the religious character was a little bit more interesting to me because i was like how like how did these people like how did she get to be where she was and they kind of talk about you know oh well, it was miraculous she did this miraculous thing and abby's like what the fuck do you mean she just blew up a car you know <laughs> so it, it, it's very interesting to see how all of that i want to know how all of that starts and if the hbo show kind of revolves around that i'm all in i mean i, th- I think that's fucking awesome uh, I want to talk about Manny for a second um, because okay. I know a lot of people hate that character, and I kind of really enjoyed Manny. He mm-hmm. had this this levity to him and this this uh, I don't know this overall. Of- yeah, he was funny. He was different from everybody else, and you can see why Abby liked him so much and why they were roommates. And I mm-hmm. I know he spit on Joel, and I know I know all that stuff. And and uh, but. I mean, and he also, there is something that, that's really interesting is that he, at one point, uh, alludes to the fact that he's killed children. Did you catch that in the game? No, I haven't. There was there was some sort of, it was very, at the beginning of when you're playing as Abby, he talks about something going down with kids, basically, that something went south with kids and he had to kill kids or so, something along those lines. And I, I don't know if Abby was part of it. It's something I just caught in passing. I was like, whoa, like that's a big,
0: like, whoa. You know,
1: <laughs> so uh, there's that too, and it, you know, so I don't really know what's going on with that, but I mean, if he's a child, I like killer, the, it's different, but
0: I like the character building they did with these people. Like, yeah, he spits on Joel, you're supposed to hate this guy, and then you they have that moment in the cafeteria, and his dad's sitting there with like what obviously looks like Parkinson's, and um, you could see he cares about his father and things like that. And it's just it, it, it's that it goes back to that there's no black and white, everything is gray, but these people everybody does bad things but that doesn't make you a bad person you know what I mean yep absolutely and uh, I, I really loved every character well the last ancillary character I want to talk about because I think we've pretty much talked about everybody uh, is Jesse yes um, Jesse I, I really love Jesse's character uh, he was this kind of like the whole scene when they're in the where when they're in the gro the grow den and catches Dina and Ellie in their underwear <laughs> it's hilarious it's so awkward because I think Anybody young and promiscuous has been in that situation at least once in their life, where they get caught by somebody else, and yeah. just uh, just the fact that it was Dina's ex, and now she's a lesbian, and it's just like I, I loved his character. I thought um, I really I hated when he died. I, I had to because the cool thing about The Last of Us, you can pause during a cutscene in case you have to go to the bathroom or whatever, so you don't <laughs> have to skip it. When when Jesse got shot in the head by Abby, I was like, fuck. Like I had a feeling he wasn't going to make it. Like I think I even said when Jesse gets introduced in the beginning of the game, I was like, "Oh, this guy's dying. He's straight up dying." Yeah. Uh, but man, he—you feel for that character because he loved Joel too. I he even alludes to the fact that he looked up to him and kind of viewed him as a father figure. And you know, but at the same time, he's just helping out his friends. He's only there because he loves Ellie and Dina, yeah. and it sucked when he died like that uh, out of nowhere to, to just kind of be taken away. And that just, that's another thing that's was taken away from Dina and Ellie too. They, they both loved Jesse and uh, I thought he was a good character. I really liked him. Yeah. Jesse was great. At first I wasn't sure. I was like, I think this guy might double
1: cross her or something. I'm like, I don't know. He seemed weird. about the yeah, whole, there was some Ellie shady bits. And
0: I was like, oh, I was like, I
1: don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to like this guy or not, but he obviously fully redeems himself
0: and is a total badass. So,
1: Yeah, Uh, shout out to Jesse. He's a great character. Really well written.
0: And uh, Maria obviously gets her husband back. Tommy, we know that he's alive. uh, Fucked up, but alive. (laughs) And um, uh, The whole town. I I wish there would have been a little bit more of the interaction. I love playing the snowball fight at the beginning of the game with the kids. (laughs) I I wish there would have been more. That is probably my one main complaint. Is I wish there was more world building of this town and these people. Um, But at the same time, nothing happens to them. So I guess you don't really need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting because they,
1: there's a whole country versus city aspect to the game a little bit as well. uh, Given that Joel Ellie and all of those cast of characters come from a very country Jackson, right? Their community is very country. It's very rural. And then these uh, Abby is from the city. She's from Seattle, right? They're, they're in Seattle and, and there's a really, really interesting way uh, that the characters speak to each other in the way that they live their daily lives that are just inherently different from each other. Uh, and I think that actually plays a pretty a big role in the story. It, it's it's it it takes a backseat in the sense that it's never f- uh, straight out addressed, but by the way they dress, the way they eat, uh, you know, we see we see the bar right that Ellie gets the food from at the beginning. That little yeah. you know what you would assume would happen in a in a in a southern rural town right and then you go to the huge mess hall in seattle and everyone gets their food there like it uh, the game does a really interesting job of explaining to you the player that these characters are similar but come from completely different places
0: yeah yeah it's it's a um It did do a world building in that way. Yeah, it was very safe in Jackson. Seattle is very fucked up, uh, which is kind of like life today. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I actually love the Pacific Northwest. Seattle is a beautiful place. Um, You know, I think we both love the game. I do have one closing statement I want to make about it, um, and it kind of alludes to what I talked about. Um, If you are listening and you hated this game, go watch – Kind of funny spoiler cast they did with the cast and the director. Neil Druckmann and Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker. And they also did another... I haven't watched it yet. They did a full-on interview with Laura Bailey about Abby. Um, But... If you want some understanding... if 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 this game just didn't resonate with you the way it did with me and Kevin... If you didn't like it... If you need... I just I want you to go listen to what the people that made this, the people that were Ellie and Joel. And trust me, nobody cares more. You may think you love those characters. Nobody loves those characters more than Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker. And if you need some validation for this game and the reasons why, just be open to it and listen to what they have to say. And my, my thing I'd say to anybody that ever says that video games are stupid or unimportant, you know. Have them play The Last of Us in The Last of Us Part Two, or just show them the cutscenes. And it is the closest thing to, like I said, a book that I think we'll ever get. I think video games. You know, Sony Santa Monica did it with God of War. Naughty Dog's done it with all the Uncharted's and the Last of Us series. Video games are art. And they have an ability to have expression in them. And it is totally up to you, like it, with any art, it is, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And it is up to you to interpret these things. But if you are just so caught up in yourself and mad because they took a character away from you that you didn't get to play as, or you didn't want them to die that early, or the death wasn't meaningful to you, just all I can say is just be more open to ideas that this isn't your story. This isn't even Neil Druckmann probably didn't even want this to happen, but it had to happen. And that's how life is. Like you said, naughty dog doesn't give a fuck about your feelings and neither does life. You know, by the time we all die, it's not going to be a meaningful death. And in that world, that's the death that Joel was owed. And I can't praise this game enough for, I, I to hear that the writing is bad the pacing is bad but the writing is not bad at all in this game yeah i completely agree with you and uh that i, I want to
1: talk about the, the the games cast that that they did at kind of funny it's the kind of funny games cast you'll see it it's a spoiler cast with neil and and the cast and um it's it's really it's actually very very emotional hearing them talk about the characters hearing them talk about the story um, hearing uh, Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker talk about their relationship as human beings together as well, having met through this game. And uh, uh, it's if uh, coming from uh, like an actor standpoint, listening to their process and listening to, um, the amount of collaboration that Neil and power that Neil gave them. A lot of actors don't necessarily have that much ownership over their characters. They don't sit down with the director and argue about what they would, would wouldn't, wouldn't say, or the writer, uh, writer director. Uh, and they, they, Neil trusts them and they trust Neil. And, uh, you know, I, I, heard, uh, the classic criticism, which people say about George Lucas and the uh, prequels uh, is that, you know, the game is made in a bubble and no one told Neil, no, and no one did this and no one did that. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I think they, they thought through everything. And I think that, uh, you know, if you don't like the story, that's cool. You don't have to. Um, I, I do, I do think, as you said, Joseph, it's important to listen to what Neil has to say. And I think it's important to hear um, Ashley and Troy talk about their experiences with the game and uh, talk about... They 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 shed light on some of the issues that people had with the game and, and, and why they happen certain ways. And hearing it from their mouths uh, definitely solidified a lot of what I thought about the game. Um, they didn't necessarily change a a lot of the stuff I could see what naughty dog was doing. And, and, and a lot of the podcast is them talking about the process and how they came to make those decisions, why Joel died the way he did, how all of that played out. And, um, you know, Ashley Johnson talks about her uh, personal experience a little bit with loss and, um, it's just really good stuff it's like really really good
0: stuff if if i can't stress enough if you were having issues with this game if you did not like this game go listen to that just give it a chance listen to that and then maybe it'll change your perspective if it doesn't cool then you're that's that's fine um at least you were open to the idea of it you know what i mean because that's the thing is like we didn't even make this right and you could criticize the maker of content and that's that's totally fine that's what criticism is for but when you're just completely unaccepting to me that's unacceptable. So go give it a listen. Kind of funny games over at YouTube with Greg Miller. Um, Great, great, uh, great thoughts on that. I can't wait to also same time. I can't wait to see what uh, Colin and Chris uh, have to say on sacred symbols about it. I think Colin liked it. I think Chris didn't as much, Um, but uh, you know, this is uh, for those listening to this podcast, this has been the remote gaming podcast. Uh, We come to you each and every week, uh, to bring you all the video game news that you need. And we try to deliver it in the best way if possible. Tell your friends about it. Reach out to us at the Remote Gaming at Twitter. And then also, uh, if you have any questions, anything you want to talk about The Last of Us to us, or it, any questions you want to have on the podcast, we'd be more than happy to read them. Reach out to us at Remote Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Um, or is it the? <laughs> I already forgot our own. It's, nope, it's just uh, Remote Gaming Podcast remote gaming, at gmail.com. Yeah. Yep. and um reach out to us tell your friends about it tell us what you think of it um we love the last of us i think it integrate. great any any final thoughts kevin
1: uh play the game just play the game and um and and enjoy it it's it's a work of art it's something that should be experienced and whether whether you like it or not you should play through it because uh the the team worked extremely hard on it not just on the story which mainly people have issues with but the world building uh, you're not going to find better world building than this it's it's completely immersive it's fantastic
0: for sure and we are the remote gaming podcast uh i'm joseph king i'm kevin Corkum, and may your life be long and your death be swift